Mindful of your health with Noreen Haramia, sponsored by Emergence Health Network. Hi everyone, I'm Noreen Jaramillo, once again here with you for our EHN Mindful of Your Health podcast, where we take some time to explore a lot of topics related to mental health. And today, we're going to dive into teen mental health. So we have one of our experts with us. We have Jacqueline Cisnettis. Cisnettos. She is a therapist with our teen PHP IOP program. Yes. So thank you for being with us. Yes, so thanks for having now me. Now that I gave you all those acronyms, let's go ahead and talk about what do we mean by PHP and IOP? Yeah, so it's a day program for adolescents. Um, PHP stands for Partial Hospitalization Program. IOP stands for Intensive Outpatient Program. Um, right. Our program is designed to be for clients 13 to 18. Okay. And what is the structure of the PHP and IOP and how is it helpful? Yeah, so there's a lot of structure in the program. Um, usually for clients, it's either going to be three to four hours of therapy, Monday through Friday, either three days a week or five days a week. Okay. For um, the individual and family sessions, that's weekly, and then they see a prescriber either one to two times a week. So there's a lot of structure involved in it. Um, and we have a set schedule. We have snacks for clients, um, provide lunch, and so everything is, with, is for the kiddos. Okay, so s since it is more intensive. Mm -hmm. um, how does that work with the kids that are in, in school? Yeah, so if they are in PHP level of care, then we actually have a collaboration with EPISD where um, we have teachers on site teaching for the morning part of it, and then they have oh, therapy nice. afterwards. Um, and if clients decide to do the IOP program, they would actually just do therapy after their lunch hour in their normal school programming. So. Okay, so for the parents out there, it is something that you take into consideration so that the kids don't yeah. miss out on their school. No, we work. don't want them to miss out on school. We want them to keep that structure. Um, and okay. with the collaboration with EPISD, they're able to get credit for their school. Okay, so... Who is this intended for? Because I know there's different levels. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we talk about PHP as a step down from inpatient hospital care. So what, what do we mean by inpatient hospitalization and how is this a step down? Yeah, so inpatient is typically where you are staying there. And so you're getting group, you're getting individual, medication management, you're staying on a daily basis, um, but you actually stay there. Um, overnight. And so with our program, we give you the same structure, except you get to go back home. Um, and so with that, it gives people that middle ground where maybe they need a little bit more services than regular outpatient, which is usually maybe like once to two times a month or so. Okay. Um, so we give them more structure without them having to be hospitalized. So we're okay. kind of like that middle ground between the two. Okay, that's where the step up or step down mm -hmm. comes in. Because inpatient hospitalization is um, exactly what it sounds like. You are hospitalized. Yes, And you are there. And that is for very... And I don't know the terminology, but it, would that is that acute cases or, or what is yeah. that terminology? Usually clients um, that are inpatient might have some sort of safety risk involved. And so that could be 
um, harm to themselves, harm to others, maybe hallucinations, delusions, um, maybe really severe symptoms that they're just really not able to manage. And so we try to give them the services to avoid hospitalization, okay. or when they're leaving an inpatient service, we provide those services as a step down to okay. gradually um, have them back into their normal routine before they go regular outpatient. So it's a lot of just structure and support throughout okay. the transition. So if I had to, in, in our viewers and, and listeners um, can visualize. So we have um, inpatient hospitalization mm -hmm. and then PHP, which is partial hospitalization, yeah. which is the, the several days a week, several hours a day. Yeah. And then from there, you can step down to IOP, Correct. which is intensive outpatient. Yes. And then underneath that, below that is outpatient. So okay. yeah, there's just different levels of care based on the client's needs. And that's kind of just what, what we want to do is we want to meet the client where they're at and give them the type of support that they need in that okay. moment. And, and that, that enforces the fact that you're not just seen for a week and then you're forgotten, so to speak. Right. You, you want to make sure that this teen is getting the level of care that they need throughout this process. Yeah, absolutely. So especially in our program, I mean, um, to get into a program like this, we have to do an intake assessment, but we're constantly assessing the client's needs daily. So every time we see them, we're asking those questions, you know, when they're seeing the provider for medication management, when they're chatting with the nurse. So we're always assessing. Okay. And that kind of leads me to the next question that I had to, to explain how once the teen is done with this program, um, it doesn't just end there. So no. it's, it's continuum of care. Yeah, absolutely. And so when they finish our program, um, we set them up with aftercare services. So we'll always make sure that they have a medication management or a therapy provider. Um, and if it's not with EHN, we link them up to other local resources. So that way they're getting that support. Perfect. Okay. So how, what can you uh, share with parents on how or what they should recognize in their teens, adolescents, that would make them think, you know what, I it's time for me to reach out and get professional care. Yeah, I think when we talk about like daily functioning and if it's impacting their daily functioning, so for example, difficulty getting out of bed, brushing their teeth, showering, doing their schoolwork, going to school, I think that's a pretty good indicator that something's going on. And then, of course, if um, you know adolescents are isolating themselves, becoming tearful very easily, um, even anger outbursts could indicate an underlying problem. So just those signs, I mean, sometimes um, the adolescent or even the adult don't really know what they're feeling. And right. so kind of just opening the door for that conversation is the first step. Okay. And let's talk about some of the emotions that um, teens and adolescents deal with. I mean, that's a, a, <sighs> a difficult time in anyone's life, right? Anyway, and then you add uh, maybe there's bullying or maybe they're right. just stressed out about the, the workload or all the testing that's coming up or test anxiety yeah. or having to get all of um, their schoolwork but after school activity. So there's a lot that they could be dealing with, right? And it doesn't always mean that, oh my gosh, you know, something is terribly wrong. Right. I think um, isolation is one of those big things that we look for um, if they're really avoiding social interaction. Okay. Um, but of course, as they do the intake assessment, you know, we would be able to help determine the level of care based on their needs to see if that's something, you know, if it's a stressor at school or at home, but okay. give them what they need based on their symptoms that they're presenting. Okay. And when you say uh, give them what they need, and one of the things that I love and I've learned in talking to uh, some of our, our experts at EHN is you empower them, the parents and the student, yeah. with the knowledge and tools. 
needed. That's that's like the ultimate goal, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not telling um, the clients or the parents what to do, what not to do, but we are giving them, um, you know, these tools, these coping skills to help manage these symptoms in a different way. Um, I like to tell people, you know, change is necessary if whatever you're doing for yourself isn't working. So it's time to kind of switch things up and see what other things can be helpful. You know, so I think just embracing the change process, it's not an easy thing to do, but for parents and adolescents, you know, just opening the door. Okay. And what message do you want to, because it's got to be scary for parents too, right? Because you don't know, you're thinking the worst, right? Yeah. Um, but... A challenge with emotions or mental health doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to go on to be productive uh, individuals or, you know, it's, yeah. it's about learning how to deal with challenging emotions, right? Right. I mean, and I, I think it's, it's great when adolescents are able to do a program like this because they're learning these skills early on, you know, and we also have this type of programming for adults. Yeah. Um, and so these are tools that can also be used throughout life you know so it's not just when you're in middle school and high school college you know it's it they're tools that can help you just interact with people in a different way and just take care of yourself in a different way um and yeah i think that's the biggest thing yeah just and I, I like what you're saying here because if maybe you know when i was a kid if if we would have the stigma associated with mental health is you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to mm -hmm. discuss it, you don't want to learn about it. But the more we have those conversations, and it's okay to learn how to cope with yeah. anxiety or stress or, or any other emotion that you might be yeah. uh, feeling, right? I think That's it's important. just a go-to is coping with something um, fast, you know, yeah. and to get that instant gratification, that instant relief. And that's usually when we see some substance abuse, some self-harm, you know, come into play. And those are the things that we want to keep the clients from we and be able work. to utilize things that are going to be beneficial for them. And that's interesting. If we could talk a little about this, and I didn't have this in, in one of our questions, but often there is, and not always, but, but sometimes there's the relationship between what I call mental health challenging emotions mm -hmm. and substance use because people try to self-medicate themselves and especially teens, they're vulnerable, yeah. right? Because they don't know what they're dealing with. So, you know, there there's that be, might be that peer pressure. So we need to be careful with that and we need mm -hmm. to recognize the relationship, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, oftentimes it's co-occurring, the mental health and the substance abuse aspect of it. And so really trying in the assessments to determine if there's um, an underlying substance abuse issue and you know why they're using and who they're using with all of those different things can help us determine the treatment plan okay and in this program that is something that is explored yeah so it's both mental those. health and substance abuse okay perfect um what should parents say to their teens when they're saying look we're, we're going to do this it's going to be okay yeah how do they talk to their teens i think just kind of um like normalizing it, that this is just a way to take care of yourself like you would go with a primary care physician. This is a, a normal way of just taking care of yourself. And so coming from a place of um, curiosity instead of judgment can go a long way and um, just providing that unconditional support because it's challenging not only for the adolescent, but it's, it can be stressful for the parents and the family involved. It doesn't just affect the client. Okay. And I think the important message you kind of hit on that is Hey, you're going to be learning skills now that are—they're going to help you throughout mm -hmm. your life, in in your job, in your marriage, in your relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you have kids, it's yeah. going to help you as a parent, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Just breaking that cycle. Okay. So valuable, valuable conversations and skills. Okay. So where do we provide these services? Um, 
And where, where, where's the clinic located? Yeah, so we are located at the EHN um, CAD clinic, the Children and Adolescent, okay. um, and it's located at 8500 Boeing. Okay, and uh, anything else that you want to share that you think is important that either parents or teens or anyone who's listening yeah. might have? Um, I just think it's a strength to be able to recognize that um, something is going on with you mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever have it be, and to ask for help is a really big step. And so it's a strength to be able to ask for help. It's yeah. not a weakness that we can kind of see that as, but, you know, again, you're just taking care of yourself. Okay. Jacqueline, thank you. I think uh, extremely important information. Um, by the way, uh, all of the information is also on our website. Yeah. If you want to call for an appointment, you can also call. It's 915-242-0555, or uh, our website is emergencehealthnetwork.org. Thank awesome. you, Jacqueline. Thank I you. appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you for letting us be mindful of your health. Brought to you by Emergence Health Network. We'll see you next time. We are Emergence Health Network, caring for our community for more than 55 years. Our mental health professionals provide trauma-informed care through our 24-hour crisis services, children and adult outpatient clinics, substance use treatment programs, assistance for our military, and programs to help individuals with developmental disabilities. Through community collaborations, we have also worked to expand behavioral health access in our schools and on our streets. At EHN, we are committed to your mental well-being. This is us, working for you.